Hi, everybody. It's Joey Remini here from seekingbalance.com.au. I'm a vestibular audiologist. I'm a neuroplasticity educator, and I take a really keen interest in supporting people through the journey of healing complex conditions with chronic dizziness, any form of vertigo, and tinnitus. And part of what I do is I bring really interesting conversations that hopefully my community will benefit from as they're exploring a new way of viewing life, a new way of viewing their body, taking on a whole new philosophy. And I feel like I have to pause and just take a breath because I'm, I'm really chuffed with, with my guest today. It's actually my own mentor. It's a very important person in my life. And her name is Hiro Boga. And she's calling in from Canada. And first of all, I just want to welcome you, Hiro. So welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So Hiro is an award-winning author. So you might know she's helped me get my book out into the world, which is in process. Hero is a business strategist and she's a mentor for visionary people who are really wanting to make the world a better place for everybody. So really coming from this, this place of looking at the whole ecology of how we support each other, how we contribute lovingly to a community and how everybody can come out as a winner. And what I most love about Hero is her incredible gift of poetry. Um, and her ability to really show us a different way of viewing life through very subtle energies. So Hiro, it's an absolute pleasure to have you here and I'm really looking forward to this conversation. Thank you. I am too. <laughs> mm. So we thought, well, I thought we better limit this conversation to have some kind of topic, otherwise we'll talk forever and never get off the call. So I thought let's talk about boundaries and sovereignty, which I believe Hiro is very masterful in this topic. You know, I've still got my L plates on, I'm learning, and I have learned so much about holding boundaries and what it means to be sovereign in myself by working with Hero. So my first question for you, Hero, is for you, what are boundaries and, you know, what is sovereignty in your words? Okay. So I, I quote myself about boundaries. <laughs> um, boundaries are the chalice in which love abides. So boundaries are really um, about how you create a container to hold the kinds of energies that you want to inhabit, to amplify, uh, and to live your life among. I think the central question for all of us always is how am I to live? You know, it's the question we ask ourselves, whether we phrase it that way or not. And sovereignty to me is really about answering that question on a day-to-day -day basis. Yeah. And then boundaries are the way in which that question or the answer to that question is held in a field that we don't have, that we tend every day you know we tend to our boundaries every day but we don't have to put a lot of energy into defending them or protecting them because once we establish the field and we fill it with our soul's presence then the work of boundaries is done yeah you know they they are really 
um, a way of holding a field, of defining and holding a field. So if you think about subtle energy as being formless mm-hmm. uh, and energy in our world, in our 3D world, as being the energy of forms, then boundaries are what translate the essence of something into a concrete form. Mm. So, you know, you can have, for example, um, it's not raining here right now, though it rains here a lot in this part of the world, but when it's raining, you've got rain coming down and, and it, it has a form, but it's not a form that you can particularly use, say, to, um, to give your baby a, a bottle of water, right? Whereas if you have a container of some sort, if you have a bottle, you can hold it out in the rain and it becomes something that you can actually use that is practical and useful. Mm-hmm. Um, so it forms our ways in which our world functions in relationship to everything else within the mm-hmm. ecology of our world. And sovereignty, ultimately, so, you know, sovereignty, people think about sovereignty as being about um, being a king or a queen. And in some ways, it's a, it's a metaphor that you can use, but sovereignty is about knowing that you are responsible 100% for the shape and form of your life. It doesn't mean that your life is not affected by what is going on around you. And part of being responsible for your life is recognizing the larger shaping forces that affect you, mm. you know, so you may, for example, if, if you are struggling um, with a health issue, as many of your, of your um, clients and your students are, sovereignty does not mean that taking responsibility for your life doesn't mean that it's your fault that that health issue is something you struggle with, but it does mean that ultimately you're the, you're the person who has to go out and find the resources that will help you to heal and to grow and to develop um, a different way of being in the world uh, that isn't defined by your illness. It may still be that you still have symptoms of your illness that you have to manage, but it doesn't have to define who you are. So sovereignty is really about being the person, being the source of the things that you want in your life, not not by assuming that you know everything or that you are everything. You have the potential for everything within you as seed or, or um, you know, a, a, a beginning of something. But to develop that potential requires you to be clear about what you value and what you're willing to put your time and your energy and your resources into to create a world 
within your life that is filled with the qualities that you value the most. And then to also um, understand that the world that you create in your life is both affected by and affects everything else around you. And so to take responsibility for how your energy affects the world around you and how the world around you affects your energy. Yeah, so beautiful. And just to, to bring this into some language that I know my community is, is familiar with, we can, mm-hmm. we can think about energies that we're holding or, or energies that we're wanting in our life as, as those desired sensations and desired feelings that many of my clients and students, as you call them, are, are exploring. Well, if I want to feel courageous, what, in what way can I take full responsibility for wanting that? And how can I explore little choices I can make in my life to engage that, that feeling of courage? And so yes. it's having that clarity to say, well, I can't touch courage. It's formless. It doesn't, it doesn't have anything I can concretely hold. However, if I, if I make choices and position myself, then, then I can enable my, my, my body and my feeling self to, to enter that space of courage and being courageous. And this is the dance of boundaries and sovereignty. Sovereignty being that I'm taking ownership for what I'm currently living in and some of that I may not want or desire and some of it I may seek and desire so we're, we're noticing all of it and the sovereignty piece is when we we then say well actually I've had enough of that and I want to move towards this and the boundaries come in because that creates some of those those lovely containers the, the things that hold us to move in that direction of what we're choosing without sovereignty we may not even really know what we're living in it's all just a big mucky soup and it's all confusing and it's taking over us because we're not taking responsibility and we're not having that, that clarity. And therefore it's very difficult to have strong boundaries as well, because we don't know what's coming in and what's going out. It's just, everything's a little bit everywhere. Do you want to speak a bit further on that here? Yeah, absolutely. That was a beautifully clear explication of it. And the thing that I want to say is that so much of the time, people don't know that they are sovereign. They don't know that they have the right to want what they want. Mm-hmm. You know? So what ends up happening is there's this constant conflict between, oh, I, I want this, but I'm, I should be doing this. And the should becomes louder mm-hmm. and bigger and more powerful than the desire. And when you do that often enough, when you cut off your desire in favor of a should, mm-hmm. you eventually stop trusting your desires and you stop even hearing them. They stop speaking to you and you no longer know what you want. So to even know that you want courage. Yeah takes a certain amount of inner strength and power mm-hmm. to say, I want this. You know, it's a big deal, especially in the kinds of cultures in which we live, mm-hmm. where the media is really loud and it is constantly pushing us to it's pushing us to want things that we don't really want. 
It's so so it's pushing us into <laughs> consumption, into, into becoming good consumers, mm -hmm. rather than recognizing that we are the source of everything we seek. So when we want, when, when we realize, you know, if I realize, okay, I am going to be on Joey's um, podcast today and I'm nervous. Actually, I'm not because I know you and, and, and we're friends, but, but say that's the scenario. I'm nervous um, and I, 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 I want courage. Courage, as you said, is an amorphous thing. It doesn't have a form, but it is a quality of soul, which means the seed of it is already in me. Mm -hmm. And what I might do in the 15 minutes before I get on this call with you is I might just sit down and very quietly talk to every part of myself and go, hey, you know what? My little three-year-old, my inner 12-year-old, my 14-year-old, you guys don't need to be part of this conversation unless you want to. You're not responsible for showing up and for talking about sovereignty and boundaries. You can just hang out in my heart and I've got this. So that's step one. In doing that, what I do is I shift from those parts of myself that are afraid to those parts of myself that know how to do this. Mm. And in that shift, I experience the feeling of courage. Now, courage is not a feeling, it is a soul quality, but we experience soul qualities through our feeling sense. Mm. So another thing that you know, I or whoever was in this position might do is remember times when I have shown up to do things that were scary and I did them. I may not have done them perfectly, but I did them well enough. And I did them in a way that served, which is ultimately all that I really want. Yeah. And in that process of taking a soul quality out of formlessness and building containers, so all of those things we just talked about are containers, you know, that talking with my inner selves is a container. Um, reminding myself of things that I've done before that was scary and that turned out well are also, those are also containers. So this how, you know, they're, they're like, they're like beads on a, on a mm -hmm. necklace. You string them together day to day to day, regardless of whether what you're looking for within yourself is courage or clarity, or discernment, or wisdom, or power, or strength, you always have the choice at any moment of shifting out of one state of being and into another state of being, just by choosing it and then taking action toward it. And those actions don't have to be big. They can be really, really small. In fact, the smaller, the better. I, I completely agree. And I, and I feel like a lot of this rock steady work that, that many of our listeners will be familiar with, or even this process is what my, um, I have a little seven day support program, which is exactly this process. It's about saying, well, you know, what's going on in my body and just noticing, uh, learning to feel again, getting the clarity of the sensations that are happening that perhaps are difficult for us and just allowing them to be there. 
in a, a loving kindness way. So it's a bit of a kindness challenge. And then shifting into well, what sensations am I actually wanting in my body and in my life? And then brainstorming what little containers, what little choices, what little actions, what tools, what resources can I move towards to help me, me gain more focus and more familiarity with feeling those new desired sensations. So we don't get bogged down in the hopeless, helpless victimhood of the things we don't like, don't want, and potentially can't control. So it's about really okay. shifting the narrative and opening it up. Um, and I had one client email me just the other day. It was, I can't remember exactly, but she was saying something like, um, I just wish I didn't have my thoughts. And I said, oh, that's a great tool. Give it a go. Just empty your mind of thoughts. <laughs> great idea. So it can be really simple. Sometimes we try and make it complicated or expensive. It doesn't need to be. You know, we can just think about our big toe for some time. And by having that focus just way down the other end of our body can have a profound impact on how our, our inner ecology, our neural system responds just based on changing our focus to something that's away from our worries and very simple so that the brain can hold on to it again it's a little container I'm, I'm curious do you i was actually a little bit nervous about this call i have to say like not nervous but i wanted to i wanted to meet your wisdom i suppose with with humility in a way that i know i'm i think perhaps three decades younger than you or at least two and a bit decades and so there was this kind of feeling for me of well i i hope i can um can hold that space and meet that enough so the, the good enough story mm -hmm. and and i did have to to use a few tools and resources to prepare myself and i love coming back to your initial statement very early on of this is something we do every day it's not something we decide once and it's over we, ha we have to meet the conversation the narrative and have that commitment to owning our choices every moment of the day, which again is like the necklace of beads. Every moment is a new choice. Every moment might yeah. be a new container. So what about if we come to the conversation of, you know, somebody I love, a sister, a mother, a brother, a father, or a partner is going through a hard times, a lot of drama, it's catastrophe. Um, and I'm living with this daily energy that's difficult, it's dark, it's heavy, and I feel like I should be there for them, I should help them, I should, you know, that, that real should relationship when actually it's their darkness, it's their drama. Do you wanna speak a little bit to that scenario where it's slightly complicated because it's harder to, to create boundaries sometimes? Absolutely. I think those are the hardest boundaries to create are the ones with people we love. Mm. Partly because we have, most of us learned uh, in early childhood that love means merging. Love means that you become one with the person that you love or the thing that you love or the place that you love. You know, that, that love means merging. Love means dissolving boundaries. Mm. And like the, interesting, the interesting thing is that on a soul level, love absolutely means there are no boundaries. There is an unconditionality to love, but there is no such thing as unconditional love in this 
in our physical plane because everything in our physical plane is conditioned. Mm-hmm. It is, that is its nature. Its nature is the nature of form as opposed to formlessness. And formlessness is unconditional. Form is always conditioned. So once you get your head around that, I think that that takes away a lot of the stresses around how you're supposed to be in relationship. In the world of form, we are each individual. Mm -hmm. We are interdependent, Mm -hmm. always, but we are individuals. We, I am me and you are you. And however much I love you, I cannot be you and you cannot be me. Mm -hmm. And if we try to do that in our relationship, what ends up happening is we we lose that inner sense of who each of us is. And we become this kind of blobby mess. Yeah. Where I can't tell whether what I'm feeling is what you're feeling or whether it's my own feeling, right? Yeah. Now, when you are in the situation that you described where you, you're, you know, you love somebody who's going through something really hard, um, two things are important. One is to keep your heart receptive, mm-hmm. which is different from keeping your heart open. So I want to clarify that difference receptivity means that you have boundaries but those boundaries are Mm semi-permeable things can flow in through those boundaries that are beneficial to you things can flow from you out to the other person that are beneficial to that person but there is still a boundary open means it's like having the front door of your house open wide open anybody can walk in anybody can do whatever they want anybody can walk out it isn't a useful thing to do so it's really important to recognize that you can't really be there for somebody else if you aren't present in yourself Mm -hmm. if i show up wanting to take care of you and going oh poor joey you have this terrible drama going on in your life and oh my god i don't know how you manage it and you know i am so sorry for you you're going to feel like crap you're going to feel even worse than yourself before because what i'm saying in essence is joey you're not sovereign you don't know how to handle your life i am here to ride to your rescue I may resent you for it, but I'm here to ride to your rescue. And in the process, I am destroying our relationship. And I want to add there that there's, for most of us, I won't say all of us, but possibly all of us, there's a piece of us that is that damsel in distress or that that vulnerable kind of inner child that wants to be rescued. So that can be very seductive. We're like, yes, come and rescue me. That would be great. And you know, I get this all the time with people contacting me, you know, with their, their tinnitus or vertigo conditions. And they're like, Joey, what do I do? And I'm like, well, I don't know what to do. It's your body. I don't know you. And it's, it's, and it's this, they're like, what, you know, I, I thought you'd have all my answers. And I'm like, no, I can support you to listen to your body, but I can't listen to your body for you. Right. Yeah. 
And, and so as you're listening to this conversation, notice that it's confusing because part of us wants to be rescued and it sounds lovely and it sounds easy. And when we take full responsibility for what's going on in our world around us and within us, it's scary. Like I really remember this moment, um, maybe close to two years ago now when I was struggling with being a business person, you know, I'm trained in the health field. I'm a therapist when it comes to marketing and business it's just not my cup of tea although i've grown into it and i've grown to enjoy it and at one point i was you know freaking out damsel in distress and i'm pretty sure hero just almost felt like she slammed down the phone and was like you can't let your six-year-old run your business and it was a really clarifying moment where i had to i had to notice what was going on for me in my inner world and from which place of me i was making those decisions and the reality is, is it's okay to have my inner child and I love my inner child and we play together. And, you know, that might be the part of me I access when I feel like climbing a tree or, you know, kicking my feet in the ocean. But when it comes to serving my community and running a business at a professional level, I need to be able to leave that six-year-old in a safe place in my inner world and come from my older, more experienced self. And on occasion, I will talk to my my inner grandma, you know, the, the part of me that I haven't grown into yet. And I will seek her wisdom and advice <clears throat> just to check that I'm in alignment. <clears throat> um, so yeah, I, I feel like it's, it is a complicated conversation. So I wanted to validate that for listeners, but as Hero's saying, if we're not coming from a, a, a whole place and meeting ourselves exactly where we are and getting our own needs met, it's very difficult to not, confuse the situation by diving into somebody else's story yeah it's also important to ask yourself if you find yourself getting pulled into somebody else's story mm. you know to ask yourself why am i doing this like why am i doing more for this person than they are willing to do for themselves you know what is it serving in me mm -hmm. what part of my ego is being fed by being needed by feeling superior by whatever it is right so it's important to ask that question it's also important when you talk when you when you're with somebody when you're in relationship with somebody who's going through a huge you know trial of some kind um, to ask yourself, how old is this person right now? Mm. You know, it, this may be your dad and maybe, you know, he's 65 years old, but maybe his inner two-year-old is the one that's creating the drama. Yeah. So if you recognize that, and as you said, you know, there is the part that those, those young selves who want to be rescued, depending on what your relationship is with that person, you can, add, you can say, hey, I hear you. I hear that this part of you is really scared. And I remember this other part of you that has handled this kind of thing before. So what we can do from, from in, in relationship is we can be the bearers of and the witnesses of and the reminders of those parts of 
the other person that are resourced, that are strong, that are powerful without banishing or um, shaming the needy, the young, the, the wanting to be rescued part. It's such a good reminder. And it's, and I fully agree with you. This is often hardest to do when we're with our closest loved ones, because sometimes we're not thinking as clearly and we do start to buy into the story or perhaps we're, we're a part of the story and we're affected by the same story. Mm-hmm. Nevertheless, I, I feel like that the take home message and, and my Rocksteady community are very familiar with this phrase of you've got this, you know, mm-hmm. no matter what arises, you've got this, you can, you can sit with it, you can be with it, you can lean into it. And there are so many tools available to, to, to move through it, to feel through it. And that, and that whole piece of feeling is healing. Often we, something happens and it bombards us and we want to push it away. And I don't want to feel that. And I, I don't want to engage with that. And so we, we numb, distract, avoid, or suppress. And it, you know, it's a temporary relief at best. And so really role modeling, if this is going on for some of my listeners, I know this is going on where you, you, you're having to hold on to a sick, a sick child or a difficult partner or sister or parent do the work in yourself and in, in that way role model for them what it looks like to meet those feelings and move through them and actually feel them and and i think as hero suggested be that person that can remind your loved ones you're strong you're courageous you've got this this is something you can move through you know you don't need me to solve this for you but i'm more than happy to to be beside you as you do the work you know, as, as you navigate it so it's that place of holding a boundary, which it says, well, I can't do it for you. It's actually not possible. That would hurt both you and me. So holding that boundary, but also saying, I'm here beside you and I'm witnessing you. And, you know, I'm, I'm backing you. Yeah. And the important part, this is why cultivating sovereignty is so important. Cultivating it before you need it. Mm. Cultivating it before you're in a crisis or before you're in relationship with somebody who's in a crisis and you get lost in it because if you cultivate your sovereignty daily what that means is daily you're in touch with what you're feeling with what is true for you with what you're needing with what you're thinking with how um what your beliefs are what is what is your truth because when you know that then when you're flooded by somebody else's, you know, (laughs) you recognize, oh yeah, this is not my feeling. This kind of blast of suddenly I'm really angry and I don't know why is not my feeling. And I can, I can remove it from my field and I can get in touch with what I'm feeling. And then I can be there for my friend or my colleague or my partner or whoever it is that is so angry without taking on their anger or without shutting down their anger because it scares me. I have this kind of dream and I, I just feel like you share this dream as well, Hero. But it's something along the lines of, you know, imagine if, you know, most people on the planet were actually in touch with what was theirs and what was not theirs and could then come from a place of saying, well, this is my truth. 
this is what I am really desiring for me as a human. This is my contribution to the planet. And I value me for that, no matter how quirky it sounds to somebody else. And I'm going to quietly support myself to move in that direction of that desire and that dream, regardless of all the media and everything that's being thrown at me like a tennis ball's 100 miles an hour. To just be in that real steady, solid place of this is me and this is okay. And I don't need anybody else to pat me on the back as I move in this direction. Can you just imagine how that would change the world? Well, it's why I've done what I've done for the last, you know, 45 years, right? It's mm -hmm. what I've been teaching. It's what I've been mentoring people for. There are two parts to this, you know. There is the part that has to do with our own individual sovereignty mm -hmm. and developing that relationship with ourselves. And then there is the part that has to do with the world around us and our relationship with everything in our ecology. And the change that we lend our power and our will and our desire to is both an inner change and an outer change. So it's not, you can't be sovereign without also looking at the ways in which the world around you mitigates against sovereignty. Mm. And because if you don't understand that, I see this so much in kind of spiritual circles, you know, where people just say, well, it's all, you know, your thoughts are things and, and, and you're responsible for every single thing that happens in your life. Well, yes and no. Mm. You are and you aren't. You're responsible for doing as much as you can and for recognizing that there are larger forces around you that act upon you and that have acted upon your ancestors yeah. and that act upon your community in different ways depending on where different people are positioned in that community. So it's really important to have a clear analysis of how sovereignty functions individually and how it functions in the collective because they're not the same thing. Mm. Somehow it, it also makes me coming back to, to vertigo and, and tinnitus and how some people, mm -hmm. say, well, I've tried meditating. I've tried yoga. I've, you know, they've tried everything. Honestly, my clients have, have deserve an award for everything they've tried. Um, and it's, it's really interesting because my sometimes, not always, but my experience of some of these meditative style practices, is, is it, it can come from this place of, oh, just, just surrender, just go with it, just what, just notice, just, okay, notice, just, all right, notice. And so where I've come in and sort of said, all right, well, that, that's good and they're good skills, but there's a next step. You have to notice, that's right. do something, notice, yes. and then make a choice. And so I, I feel like, there is a bit of confusion and misinformation out there, especially when we're getting little pieces or little fragments of possibility without really bringing it into a cohesive sequence. Yeah. And, there, you know, it's no use developing spiritual um, states of being. I mean, when I was in my late teens and early 20s, I spent 
months at 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 sort of um, meditation retreats where I would sit in a hut by myself for three months at a time and not speak to another person and meditate for 14 hours a day. And then at the end of that three months, I got on a plane from India back to JFK and I was in JFK airport and I was so overwhelmed by everything that all I wanted to do was curl up under one of the airport <laughs> chairs and, and hide, you know, and I thought, that's it. It is no use doing these things if they take you further away from life rather than bring you closer in. Yeah. Yes. So it's that piece of action, every spiritual development that you undertake within yourself has to then translate into a physical action yeah. that brings that into the physical world. Otherwise, it's useless. It just takes you further and further and further away from your humanity. We're here to learn how to be human. We're not here to learn how to be spirit. We already know how to do that. Mm. It's the complications and the complexity of being human that requires sovereignty. Sovereignty is not something we need on a spiritual level. Yeah, because I, I and, and for me that's the that's our oneness, our soul level of oneness. You know, we we're all here together. We're all sharing this this incredible universe, and and at that soul level, we we have a true oneness. And then it's like, well, how do we individuate within the oneness? You know, it's, it's it's complicated, but it doesn't need to be. But I'm just validating. It's not. The, it's actually not complicated. You know, it's it's just that, like as you said, it's because people get bits and pieces rather than getting a whole picture. So if you understand the ecology of who you are, you know, it starts with you are an undifferentiated spirit as part of all life and all beingness mm -hmm. in, that, in that formless world. Then you emerge from there into the subtle energy realms and soul. You're still formless but your soul starts to develop certain aspects of itself and then you enter into incarnation and when you enter into incarnation your incarnate soul has very specific you have a very specific personhood there's nobody else like you mm -hmm. there's nobody else like your baby there's nobody else like me you know and it's part of of our responsibility to our incarnation is to develop what is unique amongst ourselves. Yeah. And at the same time, our responsibility to our soul is to continue to develop that understanding of unity within diversity. Yeah. So we have to hold both at the same time. We can't abdicate one for the other which would make it easier in some ways, but it doesn't work that way. I was going to say dysfunctional. Yeah. <laughs> Very. And, I, and I feel like because we've, you know, we've, we've been through a, a few thousand years of kind of power struggle. It's not always the simple thing of having role models who are sovereign and who are really gently walking their path. And I, I feel like if we don't really truly understand ourselves and how we fit in 
to the bigger system, the world, the universe around us, you know, if we don't want to limit it just to planet Earth, if we don't have this sense of, well, actually, I'm an important and worthy person with special things to offer the world, just like everybody else. You know, it's really hard to support other people. And to if we don't know it for ourselves, it's hard to not interfere with other people's lives and start telling them, well, you should do this and you should be here. And, and that could be our children. It could be our partners. If we're teachers, it could be our students. And so it is a bit murky and icky. And there are plenty of people around who are, who are beautifully practicing sovereignty, but it, it may not be ubiquitous, you know. And so... Mm-hmm. I would suggest, you know, keep your eyes open for people who are really in their bodies, really steady within themselves, coming from that place of heart and, you know, ideally developing more more circles and friendship networks where we can be alongside each other and supporting each other to, to really explore our uniqueness. And I think for so many of my clients, some of their uniqueness has been judged as abnormal. It's not abnormal. You know, there's such neurodiversity. We're, we're all experiencing this embodied life differently. And unfortunately, there's that the mainstream media telling us how everything should be one specific way. And if you're not that way, then you're abnormal. That's, that's really not the philosophy of life that I live. And I know it's not the philosophy of life that Hero lives. And, you know, if it doesn't work for you, you don't have to live that way either. We have choice. So really, I think coming to this place of owning who we are, owning what we're feeling, starting to notice and then shifting into choosing. That to me is really what, what the Rocksteady program is all about. It's, it's really quite it's relevant to the book I've just written, which is walking people through this at that, that sensory level. And I thought to wrap up this conversation here, if it's possible and it's totally okay if it's not, I just remember a very simple exercise you took me through once, which from my memory was something along the lines of filling up with myself. Mm-hmm. So therefore there was really no space for the outer world or for somebody else's energy to enter into me. And I, and I thought that could be a nice little maybe exercise to share. Sure. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. So if you would like, just I invite you to just close your eyes mm-hmm. and drop your gaze down into the cavity of your body. And just take three deep breaths into your belly and out again. And imagine that you're taking your awareness up above the top of your head, about a foot above the top of your head and dropping straight down through the top of your head into the center of your head. And then expand your awareness, which is really your soul's presence, from there, right through your whole body, down to the soles of your feet and the tips of your fingers, and into your energy field all around you, arms width all around you. So if you like, you can raise your arms above your head and then sweep them down on either side to get a sense of where the boundary of your energy field lies. Now, every part of you is made of soul. That means that your body is made of soul, your mind is made of soul, your heart is made of soul, your organs are made of soul. We're going to invite more of your unconditioned soul to flow in through the back 
of your heart into your spine. And to fill your spine all the way up to the top of your head and down to the base of your spine. And then invite your soul to flow from there into every cell of your body. And just feel, as I said, soul qualities are not feelings, but we experience them through our feeling sense. So experience the feeling of your soul and its presence in your body. And because your soul is intimately connected to the soul of the earth, let it flow down and meet the soul of the earth. And feel that deep, deep resonance that happens in your body when you anchor into the soul of the earth. You also, your life would not exist without the soul of the cosmos. So feel yourself connecting up into the soul of the cosmos. And that vertical connection from cosmos down into the earth anchors you in one direction and allows you then to move out into the horizontal of your life, which is the day-to-day -day relationships and exchanges and interactions. that determine the shape of your personhood and the shape of your life. Now your heart has an electromagnetic field that is tuned to your own energy. So just tune into your heart. You can put your hand on your heart right now if you like. And first imagine that you are turning this magnet around so that it repels any energy, it disperses any energy that is in your body that doesn't belong to you. It returns it back to source, to see it all streaming out of your body, forming a ball out in front of you and the ball just spinning further and further and further away, getting smaller and smaller and smaller and disappearing over the horizon. And then switch the magnet back to its original position and draw your energy back from wherever you've left it. You may have left it back in your childhood crib. You may have left it off in the future and what you're planning to do day after tomorrow. Just bring your energy back from wherever you've left it and let it fill up yourself. And then strengthen your connection to the earth and the cosmos to help anchor this additional energy you've brought in. And experience who you are when you're not burdened by anybody or anything else. And when you are filled 
with your soul's presence. And then as a final piece, imagine that there's a little gold ball that starts under your feet and circulates around the boundary of your energy field. Remember we said it's arms with all around you. So it defines the boundary of your energy field. It reminds you of where your field ends and the rest of the world begins. Mm, beautiful thank you so much you're so welcome thank you mm, mm. such a it's such a pleasure to to introduce you to my community and i i really urge anyone listening who wants to explore some of this conversation and this this philosophy it's a it's a new perspective on life for some of us visit hero's websites heroboga.com and i will have a link at the bottom of of our chat and and you can explore just so many beautiful blogs and there's the deva cards and in particular i wanted to turn people to look at a program called rule your world or is it it's called rule your world from the inside out that's it rule your world from the inside out i have done that program it's 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 quite small it's not the the largest program in the world and i think it's a really beautiful offering to to sip with if you want to explore this work further so heroboga.com and for those of you who may have just met me i'm joey remini and my website is seekingbalance.com.au and i offer resources that are particularly useful for people with chronic dizziness vertigo or tinnitus so feel free to jump over to my website if that's for you oh the deep exhale thank you so much hero for this gorgeous conversation oh thank you joey <laughs> It's kind of wonderful to see you do your thing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it's a bye for now. Bye-bye.